song earlier because it feels like Zane's just a little too high <laughs> that's better I like it it doesn't bother me like it bothers you guys it's just like Zane you're at like a nine <laughs> we need you at a six or seven right stop showing off how high you can sing yeah it's pretty impressive I'm just waiting for dogs everywhere to be like <laughs> it just hurts their ears too much. Wow! <laughs> oh, it's just like a cool effect, eh, Bundes? Yeah, it sounds like um, like a talk box almost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's this song called? It's called uh, Connection. I'm gonna check it out. Zane Connection, it's one of the uh, new songs off his brand new album that came out today. And if you're listening today, it's uh, January 15th. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty funny. Anyway, uh, welcome to another podcast. Uh, It being a Friday when we record this, this is where we play back some stuff from our radio show from the past week. Bundes, have you uh, isolated some stuff that you're going to bring back? Oh, man, there's a lot to pick from this week. Yeah. yeah. We had a really fun conversation about the the age you hit your sexual peak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When is that time, you know? So uh, I think we'll dive into that. It's funny. One of us fully admitted that They've our peaked. sexual peak is behind us. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I'll give you a hit. It wasn't me who said it. <laughs> yeah. Was it Mora or was it Bundes? Well, you'll find out. <laughs> might actually be both of them. Yeah, it might as well be both but of one them. Of us, one of us fully admitted to it. <sighs> uh, what else? Uh, the CIA just declassified a ton of UFO documents. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. I so remember talking about that. Perhaps was there anything interesting and revealing in those documents? Mm. Uh-huh. We will discuss. Okay. And, um... <laughs> oh, you know what? That's you know about what? it. You yeah. know what? You know what was fun? Um, Maura, you were telling us about uh, e-learning at home with your daughter. Oh, God. Oh, Sink yes. or float. Sink or float. Oh. Maura was complaining about having to do the science experiment at home with her daughter, and then we actually started having... Tons of fun doing the experiment mm. ourselves, and we enlisted the help of one of our uh, listeners. Yeah. We started playing a, a round of sink or float. What exactly is that? Well, you're not going to want to miss it. Uh, we'll uh, relive that moment as well. I relive sink or float every single day this week, guys. And again on the podcast. <laughs> I just got to hear the other part. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Here we go. I don't want to miss out on another love, so I'm going to die right and go ahead. Now, where is it? It's coming up. It's deeper. Oh, it's, it's this deeper. part. It's this part here. <laughs> At first, I thought he was doing like the sound of a trumpet with yeah. his mouth. <laughs> Well, thanks for checking out the podcast, as always. Love you every single night. That's when I feel love.
Have you peaked sexually? Maybe you had a good run in your 20s and it's, is it downhill from here? Was that it? Was that the peak? Not in my life. When we, say, when we say peak, are we talking about the amount of sex we're having or are we talking about like the quality? Best? Very, or, is it quantity or quality? Or just like the physiological aspect of it. Like, am I functioning as well as I can be functioning as a Good human? Good question. While I bring this up, Alfred Kingsley is an infamous sex re- researcher from the 50s, and he was the first to float around the idea that men hit their sexual peak in their late teens. Uh And women hit theirs in their early 30s. And he based that on how often you would climax and how easily you could get in the mood. Yeah, well, like re- rejuvenation, right? We right. talked about this um, the refractory uh, the period. The yeah. refractory <laughs> period. Thank you, Bundes. Oh, uh, the scientist has spoken. Yes, no. Uh, experts now believe that the best. Sex of your life. Oh mm-hmm. boy. Oh boy. I, I, mean, you, you I have like a I time might, frame here. I might need a drum roll for this. Experts now believe that that dude was wrong back in the 50s. Huh? And yeah. the best sex of your life can happen at any time. I mean, assuming you're still in decent physical health, right? I mean, obviously... They say, in reality, there's no such thing as a sexual peak because everybody is different. Every body is different. A sexual peak is simply a period of time in your life when you are enjoying sex to the fullest and feeling highly satisfied. What do you think, Bundes? Have you peaked or are you just getting there? <laughs> I think I've peaked. You think you <laughs> peaked? peaked? Yeah. Jim said, don't worry, Bundes. My 40s are twice as good as my 20s. Yeah, okay. You see? I just got to get through my 30s then, huh? That's right. I do notice, though, that like as I've gotten older, it seems that women want more sex than I do. It's mm. it, or at least the ones that the tables I've been, have turned a yeah, bit. Yeah. Whereas I used to be the one that was really trying to get sex in my twenties where it seems like now that women are a little more aggressive with me. Yeah. The hey? way to know for sure if you're having the best sex of your life is if you've had sex with me. <laughs> Oh yeah, Stop. that's that's it right there. It, that, you think you, know. you think you figured it out, and the bar is here? Trust me, bar is a little higher. Bar's a little okay, higher. bar is a little yeah. higher. What? I, I know bondness. Look, I may be monogamous, <laughs> and there may be only one person benefiting from my skill set. Yes. So how do you know? Then I know you're not getting many reviews, are you? Okay, look, five star review for Tucker. Can you imagine how difficult it would be to live with me every day? Yes, if you were not having the best sex of your life, you think you'd stick around (laughs) through that difficult period? That's a very good point. It's got to balance out long gone if if she wasn't having the best sex of her life. life. The CIA has declassified over two million pages of secrets about UFOs, okay? 70 years of classified documents released, Tucker. Yeah? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Let me guess. Yes. Whole lot of nothing. (laughs) Well. Whole lot of nothing. How do you even read them? 
because they're so difficult to read. And I've looked at them myself. You can check them out, too. They're on this website called The Black Vault. I don't know if you know about that website, Bundus. I've heard about The Black Vault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a UFO enthusiast dude who's been publishing all the pages. And I'll tell you something. The CIA must have an old-timey fax machine, and that's their only way of sending out declassified documents because you really can't read these pages. They're so old. They're the oldest scans. You know when you get like an old scan and you're like, what does this even say? That's what they look like. So one of the documents that's circulating around right now, do you want to hear what it says? Yeah. Tell huh? Us. Okay. Shh, don't tell So. Bundes, though. <laughs> no, Bundes is going to love this. I know. The he's... assistant deputy director for science and technology was shown something related to a UFO that was hand carried to him. Okay. He decided that he would personally look into it. And after he would give advice on how to move forward, that advice is still classified. Again, they're not releasing anything good. They wouldn't. Why? They said they would release everything they know. The How best is it? they've done, the best they've done is releasing audio and video from military planes. That's about the only thing they've ever really, you know, copped to. Unidentified flying objects, which could be a special plane from another country. Who knows what it could be, right? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I tend to think it's that. I, I don't think it's... I'm not convinced that it's aliens. I personally think that these UFOs that we see mm-hmm. date back specifically to Nazi Germany. I think it's Nazi Germany technology mm-hmm. that they were developing and moving to Antarctica. There's a lot here, but essentially... <laughs> Go ahead, Professor. <laughs> like the NASA program. After World War II ended, yeah. the Russians and the, Germ- and, and the Americans basically fought over claiming Nazi scientists to bring over and develop their space program. So NASA is essentially a bunch of Nazis that developed the V2, their, their existing V2 rockets to create the Saturn V rockets to send man to moon. But the, the Nazis were... There's documents and footage of all of these Nazi ships that look like UFOs, and essentially they moved them to the Antarctica. And then the U.S. with Admiral Byrd sent three aircraft carriers over to Antarctica to find out what was going on. Maybe just quicker next time. I don't know. I suggest it. <laughs> well, it was great. It was great how you were still trying to yell, yell over the music. I'm still talking. Professor Bundes' lecture is a three-hour class today. We'll give you a break after an hour and a half so you can go have a smoke and buy a sandwich at the cafeteria, and then we'll resume. I do appreciate your insight into this, Bundes. Thank you, Bundes. I just don't know if we have the time to break it down in such great detail. Probably not. We just don't have the time. Yeah. But it was entertaining, that's for sure. (laughs) I can't keep going with the virtual school, guys. Yesterday, we did experiments to see what would sink or float in my kitchen sink. Glass jar floats. A glass jar, unless it's full of water. Yeah. Okay. Plastic fork, sink or float? Float. It sank, you idiot! <laughs> Go back to JK! <laughs> Cherry tomato? Wait a second, a plastic fork. Yeah, I think it was biodegradable, which is why it would have sank. Okay. Cherry tomato, sink or float? Oh, cherry tomato. 
I'm saying sink. Bundus? I'm going to say sink on that one, too. <laughs> it sank! Yeah. yeah and I said right. float! <laughs> oh, you <laughs> said float. <laughs> well, because <laughs> apples float, don't they? Apple? Yeah. There was an apple? Yeah. It floated! Yeah. <laughs> Guys! Otherwise, you couldn't bob for apples. There'd be way more drownings in <laughs> a bobbing for apple scenario. Although, I think that's something that has been ruled out for quite some time from a sanitary standpoint, eh? Yeah, don't people don't people bob do for that. apples yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Certainly not during a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, that's my day, guys. I go home yeah. and sink then or I float. I kind of, that actually sounds sort of fun. I'm doing I, the sink or float thing. Guess what's happening today in online learning? Uh, is it more sink or float? It's more sink or float. <laughs> <laughs> this is my day. You guys asked me if I've made love to my husband lately. <laughs> no, I'm working on sink or float. Okay. <laughs> what? Banana. I look at my dog. Get a banana? No, give me a banana. I'll put it in the test. Okay, you put it in, because I would. What would be your guess on banana? <laughs> you guys are way too interested in the science experiment. I'm gonna say density. Oh, <laughs> banana. I'm gonna say banana sink. I'm saying sink too. Yeah. I'm saying sink on yeah. banana. Yeah. I'm gonna figure out if my daughter sinks or floats pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's my day. I'm gonna say floats <laughs> on that one. I hope. I hope she floats. <laughs> Julie, uh, we were curious about the banana. <laughs> I'm gonna say banana sinks. Oh, Bundes also said banana sinks. I'm gonna say sink as well. So we got a three-way sinker. <laughs> Here. You've got a three way loser there. <laughs> what? You see? It floats. It floats. Wow. <laughs> a banana, if you put it in a sink full of water, will float? Yes. What a. Uh, that you, can't we be. What about a bunch to... of bananas? Do you have a whole bunch? Like, do you have like four or five? <laughs> okay, hold on. Hold on. I got a couple. Hold on. <laughs> I want to hear the sound of water just to ensure that this is actually going on and you're just not like messing with us. You hear it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, there's the water. Okay. And so I've got a couple. They're all floating. They're all floating. Come on. They're floating. I'm telling you. Guys, this is taking me back to yesterday and it's painful. It's painful. <laughs> I do not need Can you see if your phone sinks or floats? Uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Tucker and Mora, man, you're complaining about having to do JK with your daughter. Mm-hmm. And we've had more fun with sink or float. <laughs> Than uh, pretty much uh, anything we've done this week on the radio show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're complaining it's, about it. It's fun, I think, with a bunch of people who are above the age of four. When you're doing this with four-year-olds, it's it's frustrating. It's it, very frustrating. Julie's still with us. She's got a sink full of water, and she's uh, we're doing we're just running different things we're into just the doing sink. Sink or float, yeah. baby. What do you, what else you got for us, Julie? Okay, a zucchini. I just did it. Okay, okay zucchini. zucchini. That's going to sink. I'm going to say the zucchini's going to float. You think? It's a big, it's a big zucchini. A, it's a big, big zucchini. A big old zucchini. Like pop can zucchini, like thick. Yeah. Good girl. That shouldn't matter, though. It should be the same, like, I'm, genetic makeup I'm as a smaller to get a zucchini. Here. I'm saying sink. Is zucchini a vegetable? Wow, that yes, it is. It has a seed. Then it it's going to sink. Seed. Then it's it going to sink. Seed, it's a fruit. If it has a seed, it's a. But that's like there's the scientific definition, then there's the culinary definition, and they <sighs> do conflict from time to time. But 
Okay, you're gonna say what? I'm Bundes? saying sink. I'm saying sink. All right. What do what do we what happened? It floated. I win. What? Oh my I, god. I, <laughs> A zucchini floats. Zucchini floats. I should know this. I mean, I was washing all my produce for like a month and a half. You should know this because you're a boat man. I don't sail on zucchinis. (laughs) You're bringing like a bag of groceries on your boat and the bottom falls out? I hope it's filled with zucchinis, man. (laughs) Otherwise, your groceries are gone. What else do you got, Julie? I've got everything floating. Okay, so... A carrot? What about a carrot? It's going to... Carrot floats. Floats. Oh, you got to get. Orange. You got to let us answer first, though. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. I have an orange. 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 Sinker. No, I'm gonna say there's enough air in that uh, skin of it. Uh, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna say floats. It floats. Yeah, wow. got one finally. Wow. I have an apple. Apple. Yeah, I know that floats. Yeah. We did that yesterday in JK. You want me to do a pineapple? Oh, <laughs> yes, pineapple. pineapple. You've got a pineapple? Yes. Oh, oh, my kids are fruit eaters. Hold on. Okay. I'm going to say pineapple. Pineapple sinks. Floats. I'm going to say sinks. You're going to say floats. Pineapple? It's got to sink, man. It's got to sink. This is not like cut up pineapple, right? This is like you a got- whole no, pineapple. This is a, real, this is a real pineapple. <laughs> yeah. It's got to sink. Are, are you ready? Yeah. It sinks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Suck on that, Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> you passed kindergarten. <laughs> yeah. It sank right away. Oh, wow. Do you have a cantaloupe there? That would float. Um, no, I don't have a cantaloupe. That's a big air pocket in the middle That's of a cantaloupe. Sorry, I don't have a cantaloupe. Olenka yeah. is wondering if Doug Ford sinks or floats. <laughs> uh, I think he's a sinker. I'm going float. I'm going float. <laughs> You know, magic mushrooms is usually a drug that you hear about people eating or making a tea out of. But what happens if you take the tea and just inject it right into your veins? Yeah, that Yikes. Uh, seems like a bad idea. Uh-huh. Well, a man in the U.S. wanted to find out. And he injected magic mushroom tea directly into his veins over the next several days. Uh-huh. Do you think he had to go to the hospital? Oh, uh, yeah. You're going to say yeah to that yeah, one? Yeah, I'm going to say yeah, because I feel like there were, you would need to inject quite a bit of liquid. Like, how concentrated oh, a dose would it be? Look, why do we need to find new ways to get high and or drunk? We got enough. <laughs> we got enough. You know? Yes, you we do. people, like, giving themselves alcohol enemas. Oh, please don't. doing eyeball shots where you're putting, like, shots of vodka in your eye in order to catch uh, a buzz. It's like, no, we no. got we got enough ways. <laughs> Stop inventing new ways to get like, all messed up. I don't like to do anything where I can't step out of it. You know what I mean? I can't like go, oh, that's too much and back off. I will say, though, from what I understand, uh, it can be kind of annoying to wait for the effects of the magic mushrooms <laughs> to kick in. Oh. You know, that could take 30 minutes, 45 oh, minutes. Oh, well, please. Like an edible, if you're doing edible weed. Mm-hmm. So I guess if you're injecting it, maybe you get instant gratification. Uh, yeah, well, let me tell you how this played out, okay? Over the next several days, he developed jaundice, diarrhea, <laughs> nausea. Oh. He was lethargic. His family was like, oh, man, he wasn't really responding normally to questions. So his family took him to the hospital. He had blood tests. And what it showed 
is that the fungus of the magic mushrooms had started growing in his blood. So, yeah, the mushrooms were growing inside of him. Man ended up suffering multiple organ failure, including liver and kidney. He had septic shock. Needed to be put on a ventilator. This is ICU stuff, okay? He was in the hospital for almost a month. Holy cow. Happy to say he's okay now, but definitely not a good idea. Body did not respond well to that one. It sounds like a great origin story, though, for a superhero, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. <laughs> Hello, people of Ontario. <laughs> Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's me, Magic Mushroom Man. Yes. It oddly sounds like a stone Santa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You shut up, Bugness. <laughs> Why are there little colored lights coming from your face? <laughs> you're, you're so weird looking. <laughs> I'll come back to you guys later. I gotta go. I gotta go. You're freaking me out. You guys are freaking me out. You're not on mushrooms, so I can't be around you right now. (laughs) Bye. Bye, Magic Mushroom Man. What? (laughs) Oh, boy. Thanks, buddy. Remember when the pandemic started and we were disinfecting our groceries, you know? Some be- quarantining them? Yes. I remember that I'd have like a bag full of boxes of cereal. Yeah. And then I'd be like, well, I don't want to wipe them down, so I'm just going to leave them over here for 48 hours and <laughs> let all that COVID dry up. You know, we laugh about it now, but I remember having a lot of anxiety about it because we, at my house, we just had my husband go out and get the groceries and he would come back and I would look at him in horror like, you want me to wash all of this? Don't put the grocery bags down on the ground. Yeah. Put them on the countertop. And Bundus, I mean, you were... Your Friday night lady friend was coming over. You were making her strip down naked before she'd step into your condo. Oh, my God. Yeah, she actually brought that up to me this weekend. She's like, do you remember when you used to make me strip down when I came over? <laughs> Literally. And she it wasn't w- like a ploy to see her naked. No, no, no. You knew you were going to see her naked eventually anyway. That's right. <laughs> but literally, she'd knock on the door, and I'd have a plastic bag ready for her, like, so she would strip at the front door, throw her her day's clothes into the plastic bag, and then yeah. put on some new clothes. Like, it was not allowed in my place. Right. Because yeah. you'd do the same thing. You would come home from work, you'd step into your, like, bachelor condo, and you'd strip down, right? And jump right in the shower. That's exactly and then if you were to pick up your clothes, would you do it after the shower or would you like do all that while you were still, quote, dirty? I'd give myself a little hand sanitizer before I did anything, mm. open up the laundry room door, throw the, and like get the, the lid of the, the washing machine open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I would strip down, throw everything into the washing machine, leave the door open, leave the lid up and just wash my hands, jump in the shower and then close everything after. Oh my God. It was yeah. a process. Then I don't miss it. shower. Yeah. Picking up things with tongs because you don't want to touch yeah. them. I remember this stuff. So microbiologists are saying, do we need to like continue to do that uh, like to a certain degree? Especially now that caseloads are much higher yeah. than they were before. They say don't bother. The virus, they know now, does not live on surfaces as we once thought. 
uh, in hospitals, surfaces have been tested near COVID-19 patients, and the virus can barely be identified. They call it like a dead virus if they see it. So even if you were to like lick the hospital floor in an ICU ward where COVID patients are, it should be dead viruses around them. It decays very, very quickly. Don't do that. I mean, but... you shouldn't really lick floors in general if you can avoid it. Yeah. Is uh, don't tell uh, Bundes's Friday night lady friend this though that it's changed. You should re- implement that rule again. <laughs> oh, by the way, you now know? that now that the numbers are skyrocketing, we're back to you stripping down at the front door. <laughs> gonna need, you're going to need to bring a change of clothes. Thanks very much. My husband and I own a bar in Toronto, and something happens regularly when we're open for takeout. We usually have a little line going down the street, and somebody gets into the line at our bar and they get to the front and they say what is this place what are you what are you selling <laughs> they don't even know why they're they in line. don't know why they're in line yet they've been waiting in line they saw a line and they just got into it and it makes me wonder if getting into a line just because there's a line there is a thing yes is it, are, are we as humans drawn to like a line we see a line and we think well there's a bunch of people who must know something that i don't yes <laughs> totally you know have you go- ever gotten into a line not knowing what it was for and did you end up getting something totally awesome i i, I remember um i was at budweiser gardens Mm-hmm. And there was a concert going on, and uh, the opening act uh, finished, and I went out into the concourse, and I could see all these people like lined up at this table, but it wasn't just like a normal lineup. It seemed like there was a real energy to it, Ooh. and I thought, oh, something's going on here. I'm getting in. <laughs> you got in the line? So I got in the line. I had no <laughs> idea. It took me a while to figure it out, like maybe, you know, like a, a minute or so. I was like, what are we doing here anyway? <laughs> and then I realized, oh, the opening act is signing autographs. Oh. And I was like, yeah, this is kind of fun. And I'm now you're like, in, in the I'm line. I'm in the line, <laughs> and I'm not last anymore, so I'm like, oh, I'm going to keep my place in this lineup. <laughs> the opening act was, um, remember the band 30 Seconds to Mars? Yes, of course. Yeah. Jared Leto's band. <laughs> so I like the music, and Jared Leto like is an actor, too. He's like so an Oscar-winning like, actor. I'm going to stay in line. I'm going to meet Jared Leto. <laughs> I had no idea why I got in the lineup, but now I'm like, this is all right. Yeah. It's not that big. I'm going to be there in a second. And, uh, and you could quickly tell that the band was losing patience with having to sign these autographs. Oh, with the line. They didn't like the line. Well, I mean, they were there. You know, a guy like Jared Leto is this... At the time, I don't know if he was A-list. I don't know if he'd done Dallas Buyers Club yet, but Mm. he'd done some stuff. By the time he signed my concert ticket, which is what I gave him to sign... Did you even have like a, a Sharpie? No, they had Sharpies okay. at the table. Like, they were set up there to do, like, a fan meet and greet. They were okay. just trying to, you know, some bands that are up and coming want to mm. work a little extra hard to feed the fans. And uh, you should see the signature on this uh, concert ticket. It literally is like a scribble. It's like <laughs> he, con- he he connected with the uh, concert ticket that I was holding. He didn't grab it from my hand. Oh. And he just went like a little, <laughs> and that was it. And so I just have like what looks like the squiggle of a black Sharpie on a concert <laughs> ticket. I didn't even save it. I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> you don't seem like an autograph but, guy. No, either. I'm not at all. Not <laughs> at all. But Mara, when there's a lineup, you got to be like, you got to figure there's something good at the other end. So I got to meet Jared Leto for about like four seconds. Was he nice? 
I mean, in the four seconds that I was kind of interacting with him, although he wasn't even, I don't even know if he was looking at the ticket while he was signing it. It was one of those things where he was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. a politician shaking hands. Right. You know, with a big crowd as they're running by. <laughs> it was like that kind of encounter. That is so funny. But That's I not like you. It's not like I you know. to get in, in a lineup to meet somebody. There so. was an energy about it. <laughs> I, I felt like I was just sucked in like a magnetic force. There you go. So yeah. as humans, we are drawn to lines. Yeah. It is Tucker and Mora. What's going on, Haley? Well, I heard your comments about the standing lines. And it's so funny because my friend in university, she actually did a social study test. And she had a bunch of people go to a mall and physically stand in a line for no reason, see how many people would line up behind the line. Oh, wow. Amazing God. study. Yeah. Yes, the line got huge. It <laughs> did? For no reason. No, nobody had any idea why they were standing in the line. But there was probably about, I want to say, 20 more people behind, like, I don't know, the six of us that were already standing there pretending to be in the line. Yeah, you guys were the actors and people yeah. just filed in. Yes. Oh, my God. And the it line was, was going nowhere. And nobody had any idea why they were standing in the line. <laughs> and, and would people ask, like, hey, what are we in line for? And then other people would be like, I don't know. This is, exactly. like, obviously <laughs> something good at the end of this. Yeah, we'd be like, I don't know. No idea. Hey, thanks a lot, Haley. Yeah, for sure. Nicole. Yeah. You got a story about getting in line, not knowing what's at the other end? I actually have a story just like yours. I was in a mall meeting my boyfriend one time, saw a line, had no idea what it was, but it looked like like there was some sort of energy to it. So I walked up to the line, waiting and waiting, and at the end was collective soul signing autographs. <laughs> Uh, were you a fan of Collective Soul? I was, thank God. I oh, really did like Collective Soul. And perfect. then at the end, like, I ended up standing there flirting with the, well, I think the one of the lead singers at one point, and my boyfriend walks up, and it was an awkward car ride home, but oh, it was great. Collective Soul. What yeah. was that song that they had? World I Know. Oh, yeah. Something No, it doesn't sound anything like that, I don't think. Close though. More like Oh, that's so cool, Nicole. Well, it worked out well for you. Yeah, it was a good time. To the world No. I think that's Crash Parallel, isn't it? No. What's their song? Oh, Shine. Shine. Oh, Shine was one of them. What was the How did Shine go? This is the one I was thinking of. Like. This is like one of the few Collective Soul songs that still gets played today. Oh my god, this today. is Nicole's song! <laughs> down, 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 down. This is what I was literally down. playing with my mouth. You guys missed it. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah I guess. You missed it. Yeah. They put on a good live show, though. Do they? Yeah. Do that song is about nicole <laughs> it is about, about her waiting in line yeah <laughs> that was quite a moment you had with him good song hey nicole thanks for coming on the show we appreciate thanks it a lot, guys. would you like a bottle of wine from italy from california from australia or from space Ah, well. You go in space on this one? Mm, I don't know about that. I would want to see what happened to somebody else first. (laughs)
<laughs> SpaceX, the capsule splashed down in uh, the Gulf of Mexico on Wednesday. And, you know, it had 12 bottles of wine on board. They've been uh, on the space station for about a year now. Not so astronauts can have a glass while they're up there. But experts are going to taste that wine now to see how microgravity and radiation affect the aging process of wine. And then scientists are going to compare them to the wine that remained on planet Earth with the aim of adapting vines to grow in harsher environments. Think of how great planet Earth would look oh. after two and a half glasses of wine. I wonder if they're allowed any alcohol up there to like no. on their Friday night if they can relax and have a no drink. Way. Bundus knows. Uh, I I think the Russians are. Uh, the, yeah, they take vodka. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's true. Of course, the Russian influence. I mean, I'm going to look into this. There's got to be something on Google that can tell us whether or not. You have the answer. Yeah, got the answer right here. Okay. Yeah, it's a pretty easy answer. What do you think it is? I guess it's no. It's no. Cause, Lame. Because that stuff is flammable. But it's not actually, <laughs> that's not actually the reason why. Oh. In fact, you're not allowed to have any products that contain alcohol on the International Space Station. So that would include things like aftershave and mouthwash. Mm-hmm. And that's because uh, they're restricted because of the effect it would have on the water recovery system. Whatever the hell that is. Bundes brought up the whole idea of like Russians and how attached they are to vodka. Yes. There are stories of Russian astronauts smuggling booze and other contraband up to the (laughs) Mir space station. Really? (laughs) That was the space station that was pretty much the, you know, the go-to before the International Space Station. And But apparently they had to get very creative on how they were going to smuggle stuff up there. Uh, One astronaut talked about how they brought up pickles and vodka. Like, I guess a couple of things that would make them think of home. Uh And um, their exact weight is calculated. Like, every single element, everything you bring on the spaceship is put into, like, the equation of how they get there. Right. So what they did is they went ahead and they found a way to lose almost, like, four and a half pounds before (laughs) they took off. And then they smuggled the items in cellophane bags that they put on the inside of their spacesuit. Yeah, and, but uh, you want to mess with the equation <laughs> that is getting you to your destination in space just so you can have a little vodka? Yeah. Tell you what, mm-hmm. that's not the only booze that's ever been consumed in space. In fact, the very first lunar landing mm-hmm. with Neil Armstrong. Yes. You know, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Yes. Dude. The first liquid that was ever consumed on the surface of the moon. No. Guess what it was? It was uh, alcoholic in nature. It was wine. It was wine? Yeah. Well, how did they do that with the space hat on? Well, because they were inside the lunar lander thing. They were in there before they did their spacewalk. They had a drink? (laughs) They had a drink, but they did it. Okay. (laughs) It was part of a communion ceremony. Okay, they didn't they didn't actually broadcast this what? because of the religious nature of it and they wanted to conceal the fact that Buzz Aldrin had brought wine with him, but I guess he had like this chalice that the church had given him uh-huh. and they did like this little communion ceremony to like give thanks for the successful mission, the oh, fact wow. that they made it to the surface of the moon. I am shocked that these astronauts would be smuggling booze to space. Yeah, I bet it doesn't happen anymore. 
I bet you this is like an old school This is like thing. a 1950s, 60s situation. Well, like every job in the world has, like, I'm sure there's like pilots who are like, oh, remember the days we used to take a couple of <laughs> sips of booze on those extra turbulent flights? You know, yeah, things that yeah. you could get away with in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. They'd be smoking the whole time, too. Having to smoke while landing the capsule. The good old days. Yeah, (laughs) right. What university in Canada do you think has the most sugar babies? I got it. (laughs) Sorry. A sugar baby is someone who looks for financial support in exchange for a romantic relationship with a person who provides you money for school. I'm going to give you multiple choice. I'm just going to guess right out of the gate. It's Concordia University in Montreal. (laughs) You're such a jerk. (laughs) You always got to slam me for my super cool, super artsy school. Yeah. Okay, get over it. Seriously, though, I would think think Western would be uh, top three. Well, here we go. Here's here's your multiple choice. Is it McMaster in Hamilton? Mm -hmm. Is it Western... In London. Yeah. Or is it U of T in Toronto? U of T. It's got to be U of T. Now, why do you say that, Bundus? I feel like the tuition is more expensive there. And um, is it, though? I I think it it would have more to do with the market size. I would think Toronto just has more rich people, and, and U of T is a pretty big school. <laughs> uh-huh. that so, like, based on it. population density, I would have to go U You're of T. You're going U of T in yeah. this case. Well, well Western is a lot of money. Uh-huh. Okay, I don't know. U of T has the most sugar babies than any other university in the country. Number one. Number one? Of the sugar baby list. Now, that is because the cost of living is high in Toronto. Sure. Okay, so uh, a lot of times you've got students who are paying their tuition, and then they have more expensive rents and and stuff like that, right? Just the cost of living is higher. So they're looking for a sugar daddy or a sugar mama to help them out there. Um, This is according to Seeking Arrangements, by the way, which is a website that helps you find a sugar daddy or a sugar mama. So people who don't use the website, people who find sugar daddies or sugar mamas on their own. It's not factored in. That's not factored in. But these people should know, right? These people know. Just based on the demand and everything? Okay. In at number two was the University of Alberta. Okay. Okay. In Edmonton, sure. Here's a, I'm going to throw you for a loop now. In at number three is Queens. Oh. Queens. Kingston's not really an expensive place to live, though. Huh? Interesting. Okay. And number four is Ryerson. So, again, back into Toronto, where the cost of living is a little bit higher than these other cities, right? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Kind of shocked that Western didn't make it in. Western did not make it in. Not to the top four, anyway. Not to the top four. It's Tucker Amora talking about sugar babies. Amora says that the U of T is the school in Canada that has the most sugar babies. These are students that rely <laughs> on the help of older people. To help pay for school mm-hmm. in exchange for a little, who knows what. <laughs> University of Alberta came in at number two, Queens number three, and Ryerson at number four. Nicole went to University of Guelph, and she says that there's all kinds of sugar babies there. What can you tell us, Nicole? It's just kind of a common knowledge thing. It was just how Guelph was. Like I know Maura said she lived there for a while, but most of the population was either you know older and you know near retirement. 
And then there was also the students. So mm-hmm. one plus one equals two. <laughs> <laughs> so you, it was just known on campus that if you needed a sugar daddy or a sugar mama, that University of Guelph, it was easy to find? Super easy, yeah. Like, How would I, you find I, it? Well, you go to Swiss uh-huh. Chalet at 4.30 p.m. <laughs> and and you wear your, you know, sexy outfit. Bundes would wear the chemise terrible, which is fancy shirt he bought in Monaco. Yes, the silk shirt. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then, away you go. And no. then you just start charming the tables. Hello. Was there like a place to go, Nicole? That I don't know. I think there wasn't even a website, though. I think even like there was a Facebook group. Like, find me a sugar daddy type thing. Really? Like, I I never personally knew anyone, but I did have a roommate. And one of her friends apparently had done that. So, it was a thing. But like I said, you know, it was just kind of a common knowledge. Just like everyone says at the University of, of Windsor, they're all going to uh, exotic dancing because they're right at the border. Mm. And, you know, all those what they'd be underage over in the States, they can come over and drink. So wait a second. So you're telling me that um, because there's a lot of strip clubs in the Windsor area that students that go to University of Windsor are more likely to become a stripper to help pay for school? Oh, yeah. That's that's a big one, too. Never never knew that. Never heard that. You hear that? I've heard that before. But like strippers in general, like there's three reasons why you become a stripper, right? One is to pay for school. Two is because you got daddy issues or three is because you have a drug habit. Like there's only three reasons to be a stripper. So that that makes what sense. What if I like to dance, Bundes? <laughs> yeah. and I am moved. What if I am moved by the music? <laughs> then you become a dancer. You don't become a stripper. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty ignorant point of view, Bundes. <laughs> I've met Lumping quite a few strippers. Three categories. Three. There's three categories only in Bundes' world. I've met a few in my life. All right. And they seem to fall in one of those three categories. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Nicole, thanks for coming on the air with us. See ya. I mean, Bundes actually had the opportunity to be with someone who had a bunch of money and you didn't like it. The I, sugar mama you, you were dating? <laughs> you're too, it's almost like you're too proud a guy. I, I'm not proud at all. I would have no problem at all <laughs> being Accepting with cash? somebody and being like, what? We're getting on a jet and going to Monaco? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, it just made me feel a little, um, a little uncomfortable. Really? Yeah, I, I didn't like... Um, being showered with gifts. Really? Yeah. Did you ever go away with her? Did she take you on a trip? She offered several times, and I didn't, because I barely knew her. Like, I, it's not like I knew her for a long time, and this stuff came up. It was like after one date, it was like, "Oh, you want to fly down to Mexico? I literally just met you." And on one hand, it's pretty cool. On the other hand, <laughs> I was like, "Nah, I don't, I don't know you well enough to to get on a plane with you." What? I'd be getting money. on that plane. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But you also love to just strip for fun. (laughs) That's right. So it's not really surprising. I'm moved by the music, guys. I've told you that before. There is a new strain of STI going around that is going to make you think twice about that casual hookup. The World Health Organization is calling it Super Gonorrhea. Hello, people of Earth. It's me, Super Gonorrhea. Oh, great. Hi. Super Gonorrhea is here. Join me <laughs> as I shake down my arch nemesis, the evil Professor Fundus. <laughs> he needs to be stopped. 
the way he flaunts his casual sex in new relationships in our married faces, pretty soon he's going to realize that the way to go is to form a long-term commitment. Join me, Super Gonorrhea, slowing single people down one at a time. Man, Super Gonorrhea is a real buzzkill, isn't he? Totally kill him about. Wait, what are you talking about? Yeah. Buzzkill. Yeah, that's you. The buzzkill is hearing about how many times Bundes has had sex with a number of different women. If if he doesn't stop his crazy shenanigans, we'll all be divorced soon. As we realize living vicariously through him is not enough. Not enough. It's not enough. We gotta give him Super Gonorrhea Man. <laughs> Thank you, Super Gonorrhea Man. That's you're welcome. It's great to have you weigh in on this. So, Super Gonorrhea is yeah. Im- is immune to antibiotics. Of course, he is. Uh, the issue. Sorry, of course it is. <laughs> the issue is is that we use antibiotics so often now. We're having trouble treating this infection. And the lockdown has only made matters worse by interfering with usual treatment of sexually transmitted infections. And this means more STI cases are not being diagnosed properly. And also during COVID, this antibiotic that treats super gonorrhea was also used to treat uh, respiratory illness. So 71% of patients were treated with antibiotics when actually only 4% of us actually needed those antibiotics. So we we build up this um, immunity to the antibiotics. And then when you come in contact with super gonorrhea, you can't treat it with the antibiotics. I don't like the present or the future. You like the past? I want to go to like 1965. Why? People were just having sex all the time. It's a sexual revolution. Yeah. I don't want to go back to 1965. I probably wouldn't be on the radio. Yeah, you would. You'd just be like... uh, delivering me coffee and stuff. <laughs> you'd hear you in the background. Yeah, yeah. And you'd probably turn oh, no. my mic off anytime you wanted. Yeah. We'd hear the typewriter in the background as you're like writing all the stuff for me yeah, to yeah. present. Right. No, you're right. There were some downsides to 1965, but it just seems like the world is getting more complicated year after year. I want to go back to simple times. Like, I don't know if 1965 was a simple time, man. There was a lot going on. In was the, there? The, yes. You had the Vietnam War. You had Martin Luther King. You had the assassination oh, yeah. of President King. It was, it was pretty rough back then. What about 75? What about 85? 85 is like the cocaine, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, we got to go back to the 80s where we were yeah. yuppies rich doing cocaine. There it is. <laughs> but there it is. AIDS. Big one in the oh, 80s, right? right? Yeah. There's no era that doesn't come with its problems. Uh, how about the 50s? No. After the war. After the war. The 50s would suck for good. me. I'm at home raising the kids. No, you could be a teacher or a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> Look, stop being so selfish. I'm trying to find the oh, right time for, for me. You. For you. Oh, me. I feel like I yeah. am in the 50s. Welcome to the party. It wouldn't be a party without you. Energy 95.3.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.